Today I want to share a message with you that I believe is the most powerful message you can hear, although it's profoundly simple, and is the greatest act of deliverance you can personally experience. I want to share a message with you, a practical biblical message on forgiveness. Today's message is entitled, Forgiveness or Bitterness. We're going to be in one of the two camps. Is anybody here, of course it's dark, I can't see you all very good, but has anybody here ever been hurt, offended, sinned against? Of course. We've had small things said and done and we've had big things. Family things that have hurt, maybe by a spouse, a father, things that were said that just stuck in our spirit, things that were done to us unfairly. Maybe a pastor has hurt you, maybe a church, maybe an employer, maybe somebody that you really helped in their life and they turned on you. I had a dear friend of mine years and years ago call a special meeting, invited me to it. I didn't know the meeting was about me. And there had been something said about me that was categorically 100% not true. But my friend, instead of vetting the accusation, shared it and then felt compelled to set, the, set me right, set me straight. And after receiving about 20 minutes of just a barrage of accusation, I finally figured out that they had faulty information. I'm not saying it was just misinterpreted, it was just wrong. Never, didn't even know the person, it was completely fabricated. But because my, my close friend had swallowed that accusation against me. I, I had aught with him in my heart. And every time I was around him, I, I leaked disapproval. And the only way I was set free was to forgive him. Today, you, I'm going to present you with a choice. A deep, satisfying peace of God in your heart or holding on to an offense that will reap bitterness and anger and judgment. You can't have both. It's like holding on to something and you need to grab the rope to be taken out of danger by the, you know, the helicopter lift you up, but you've got this thing you're holding on to and you've got to let it go before you can grab the blessing of God. And you can never be too spiritual. Like I'm at a level now where I don't need to walk in personal forgiveness. That's not true. The more spiritual you get, sometimes the more you can get hurt. 
I was talking to a, a person the other day, uh, a woman in her 60s, walked with God since she was 18. I know her very well, who said a remarkable thing to me. She says, I never get hurt and I never get angry. I don't know what planet she's on. Because I was in the middle of talking to her about something that was making her visibly angry in my presence. But she felt a need to be spiritual meant that I can never get hurt. That's not true. Maturity is not a failure to be hurt. A maturity is what you do about it. Maturity is not never having a conflict. Maturity is when you have a conflict, how long does it take you to resolve it? One day, two days, five days, never. We have a choice every day of our life to walk in forgiveness or not. Unforgiveness will eventually lead to some bad things. Today's message is simple. I'm sorry, I'm a populist kind of a guy. My job as a pastor is to take theology and make it palatable to the fifth grader. So if you're understanding me today, you're in the fifth grade. If you don't understand me, I'm sorry, I can't go down any lower. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 through 32, links three words together. Grieving, this, or three concepts. Grieving the spirit... Bitterness and forgiveness. These three are explicitly and intrinsically linked. Grieving the Holy Spirit, bitterness, and forgiveness. How are they linked? Well, let's look together. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Let me pause there. Do you think grieving the Holy Spirit is a serious matter? Yeah. And I don't think grieving the Holy Spirit is like we didn't have prophecy on Sunday. Or we cut the worship off too short because we were really moving in God. Maybe you grieve him a little bit. But the Bible's going to tell us here that grieving the Holy Spirit is when we don't forgive people. So you can pray in tongues and you can sing and you can write books and you can go to church and you can lead Bible studies and you can have your whole family think that you're quite the spiritual person. But if in our heart we harbor unforgiveness towards another, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, there's the word bitterness, and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be away from you with all malice. Those things of all grieve the Holy Spirit. Malice means the intention of evil, the intention of evil. Verse 32 says, on the contrary, be kind to one another, tender-hearted. What a beautiful word. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 that we need to be careful that we don't allow a root of bitterness to spring up and cause trouble and defile a lot of people around us. How does this work? 
when we have been sinned against or there's a perceived sin or a perceived affront or an offense and we do not take care of it in our heart by releasing revenge and judgment and getting even, in other words, we're not forgiving them, over time that leads to a deep-seated malady of spirit which is called bitterness. And bitterness has a flavor about it that everything around that person is going to be defiled. You'll defile children, you'll defile... For example, if a, mother, if a woman has a bitterness towards her father, it will defile her own children. I say, Dan, how does that work? It's, it, it, you leak. You just leak. You can't get away with unforgiveness. It will find you out. It will show up. You see, bitterness sabotages our lives. We're going to have a choice. Do I want to walk in the peace of God through forgiveness, or am I going to walk in different degrees of bitterness? And I'm talking about all kinds of sin. It could be racial sin, personal sin, marital sin, gossip sin. You can fill the blank in big sin, small sin. If we don't, as Christians, learn how to resolve that and release. You know, this, is what, this is what unforgiveness says. Unforgiveness says this, I want to play God. Forgiveness says, you're God, God. Revenge is yours. Judgment is is yours. You know what's going on. Nobody's fooling you, and I give it to you to take care of. You, t But we don't trust God to take care of stuff. We want to play God. I get hurt, I'm hurting you back. And in this rancor world we live in, I want to go, will somebody forgive somebody? Everybody's stomping around about rights and victim and victimhood, and will somebody just stop and say, I forgive? I forgive? Bitterness prolongs emotional pain, leads to depression and anxiety. It's a self-defeating cycle. Colossians 3 says it this way, bearing with one another. I like the word bearing. It's like a bearing wall in a house. There's some weight. We have to learn to carry some weight of things that aren't going right. Is it possible that at some point I might say something that offends you? Yes, it's possible. Well, you have to learn to bear, bear some stuff. I can't say, and this is just an example, I can't just say one thing that irks you and then you get offended at me. I'm not the one that needs to be corrected, you are. You can't get offended with one comment. Now, if I said Jesus is not Lord, get offended. I mean, sure, get offended at that. But... We have to bear with one another. We're living with a bunch of sinners. Spouses, the only way a marriage works is if you learn to bear with your spouse having some things you don't like. You just bear with it and you forgive and you forgive and you forgive. My wife and I, I told you last week, we had the big battle of the Alamo. Were you here last week? Some of you here last week? Fifteen of you have come to church twice in a row. Thank you. Thank you. The rest of you are probably offended now, won't be back anyway. So God bless you. 
thanks for coming. Ron and I got into it. And uh, we, you know, there's speed bumps in a disagreement. And I just blew over the top the two or three speed bumps. She blew over the two or three speed bumps. This has been a while. Uh, this is probably April. Seems like yesterday. And uh, we just went for it. At least I did. Now, what I'm not saying is there was no profanity and there was no physical harm. There was elevated voice, but not shouting. But it was mean-spirited. And I said things I should not have said, and she said things that she should not have said. So I'm here, you know, after 10 minutes, I'm exhausted. I think I'm winning <laughs> just by a little, little, little bit. I think I'm winning. That's deception. So I had to make a decision right there, sitting in my lazy boy. Do I love God more than this feeling I'm having right now of anger, revenge, and bitterness? Is what God thinks of me more important or less important than what right now I'm thinking about this argument? Because I'm ginned up, man. You know, I may look like I'm just a gentle shepherd. I have a side of me that hell hath no fury. <clears throat> so I, I knew that if I didn't take care of it then, if I go out the door of the, of the bedroom, well, actually, we're in my office. If I go out here, I can't get away from it. I'm going to have to get forgiven and give forgiveness. We're going to have to reconcile. Say amen to that. Yeah. Come on. Come on. I, I just can't let it go. That thing's going to dog me. And then the next disagreement is going to be World War III because all that crap's going to be brought up again. I got to take care of it. I use the word C-R-A-P to make sure you forgive me. So before I got out of the room, I've done this before. I know this. I know my feelings. I know, listen to me, forgiveness is an act of the will. Do not wait till you feel like forgiving. You will never feel like forgiving. Then you'll go a whole life of bitterness and lose a whole life of blessing. And you wonder, where's the depression coming from? Why can't I get a breakthrough? Why can't I get a break in this life? Because you got a root of bitterness that's defiling everything. Now somebody's going to say, but you don't know what my dad did to me. No, I don't know what your dad did to you. But you do not have a right to play God. You leave it to God. You take care of your own heart. Let God take care of his heart. You take care of your own heart. So I said, I better make up with her. So I say, by my will, say, Rhonda, please forgive me. I, I was wrong. I blew it. I'm sorry. Then my wife perfectly responds, you're right. You were wrong. Thanks for asking for forgiveness. Hey, you knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. Truthfully, a woman never really thinks they're wrong. They're just misunderstood. Lock the doors. I just got more men to join the church right there. You know, men, we're kind of like obvious sinners. 
Women, you're, you're far more delicate sinner. Stop. I need to stop. Thank you. Stop. I suppose you're wondering where my wife is. Matthew, yeah, she's watching online. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 says, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father, Jesus speaking here, will also forgive you. Isn't that beautiful? But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. I didn't say this. You might say, that seems contrary to grace. What it's saying here is if you really have received grace, it, the outworking of grace is forgiveness. You've received forgiveness and you give forgiveness. And if you're not giving any forgiveness to others, you probably not received the, the real deal. So the litmus test of your faith is not your tithing, your singing, your evangelism. It starts with, do you take offense easily? Do you forgive quickly? And the person who does that is a person who's growing. And how many of you today want to be forgiven by God? I mean, this is pretty serious stuff. And here's the deal about unforgiveness. C.S. Lewis described this. You can become so bitter and angry at somebody and vengeful at somebody that you hold on to it so tight that if you, have, if you have the option of going into eternal hell or letting that go, you choose to hold it. It gets so in you. C.S. Lewis says hell is really just a place full of people that will not forgive others. And it creates a hell all of its own. Forgiveness is not, you see, excusing what someone has done. Let's be clear about that. It's not okay what you said or what you did or how you hurt me. Or I'm not excusing it. I'm not rationalizing it. I'm not saying, well, you didn't mean No, it's a sin. It's the real deal. We're, we're not pretending we are not hurt. We're humans. Words can cut us. It's not forgetting what happened. Like, well, it's not that big of a deal. I'll just forget it. It's not forgetting it. It's forgiving it. How do you know if forgiveness has worked its way through the memory? The pain of the memory has, has dissipated. The memory's still there, but it's lost its teeth. It is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is dealing with your heart. The person you forgive does not have to automatically be your best friend. You don't have to go on vacation with them. Reconciliation can take time. Reconciliation, there, there may need to be restitution. There may need to be mediation. It might take a while, if ever, for the relationship to be reconciled, but that's not the same thing as forgiveness. Forgiveness is I have released it to the Lord in my heart, and I hold no ill will towards that man or that woman. Forgiveness is refusing to get even. Now, many of us will say, yeah, I don't want to get even. Oh, let's pursue that a little bit. 
Have you ever done the silent treatment? Can I show you what the silent treatment is? That's it. Pretty easy to learn the silent treatment. It is designed to be passive, aggressive, to punish the person that you're angry with. Is everything okay? Yes. Well, are you sure everything's fine? Oh, then you got to delay. You have to delay the answer by just a heartbeat. Yes. Then you go to bed and you sleep facing the other way. Is everything okay? Yes. That is just, that is passive aggressiveness 101. Ignoring, shunning, not talking to, going out of your way. You're sending a clear signal. We all know that game. It's not telling what they did. Number two, this, you, you haven't forgiven. If I forgive Bob, I forgive you, Bob. Maybe I don't even have to tell Bob that, maybe just to God. Lord, I forgive what Bob said. I forgive, I forgive him, I bless him. And then I go tell three friends what Bob did to me. No, you ain't forgiven. You want these three friends to form a negative opinion of Bob because you want to punish Bob. That's not forgiveness. You're playing a religious game. You can call this council if you want. You can call a prayer request if you want. You can call this my inner circle of confidential. <sighs> Give me a word. People. <laughs> confidential confidence. You could do better than that, I think. Yeah. You just excuse it. What I'm not saying is if there's been an offense or you've been hurt or wounded or traumatized, sharing it is therapeutic. And you should share it in many cases with a confidential person, a pastor, a friend, a counselor, a spouse. But once I process it with Bob... Then I don't go process it with Joe. And then go process it with Bob and Joe together. Then that's just a clever way of exacting revenge. If you've been traumatized, you need to talk to somebody. Now, what I'm not saying, you mean, Dan, is it can only be one? No, there can be two depending on the circumstances. What I am saying is that if you're going to do it for therapeutic purposes, it has to be minimized and not an excuse to just spread some baloney about somebody. And you should only share with somebody that at the end can pray with you. We'll say something like this. Let's take it to the Lord together. I want a friend that won't minimize my pain. I want a friend that will understand the situation I want a friend in my corner. But at the end of my emoting, I also want a friend that will say, let's take it to Jesus. Because it's not a friend that just says, oh, you're right. I don't know how you can put up with that. 
I wouldn't do that either. How can you, just to buttress your revenge spirit. That's not helpful. I'm talking to Christians, right? Can I make that assumption? The world does it all different. We see unforgiveness as something that can separate us from God. And we deal with it with all seriousness. Forgiveness is choosing to keep no records of wrong. I have been in pastoral ministry since age 22. I was bivocational till the age of 29. And then I was full-time in ministry. I've enjoyed being a pastor. Never had a church split, really. I've enjoyed preaching. I just like everything about church. I like the smell of the carpet. When I travel, I like to see churches. I love to talk to pastors about ministry. It's just so much fun. But I have been wounded by what people have said and done in church, just like you have. People that will take one half of one sentence out of one sermon, out of 10,000 sermons, and go to war instead of love covering a multitude of sins and giving me a get-out-of-jail-free card, I have to get an email. And not only an email, they spread it to their whole life group. And before we know, we have a cancer. And yet I can never act hurt or offended. I just got to suck it up. So as a pastor, to have a clean conscience, you're always forgiving people. We, today... Would you believe that forgiveness is a two-way street? That's not rhetorical. Say amen to that. It's two-way street in a marriage. It's two-way street in a family with parents and kids and in a church. Most people leave church not because of doctrine, but because of offense. They just get offended. And leaving a church over an offense just shows almost an unbelievable degree of immaturity. You can't leave till you take care of the offense. Take care of the offense. Forgive, and if God says go, go. But you just can't leave with an unresolved offense. You say, oh, Dan, you got a bone here to pick? I don't. I would say this in any church. This has been a great church. I get very, very little negative feedback. By the way, don't start doing it just because I tell you I'm not getting any. Number four here, forgiveness is the first step in healing. Unforgiveness is like a chain around your neck. You can explain it away, talk it away, process your trauma all you want. But at some point, you're going to need to rise up in faith and forgive and release the person to God. Is it too hard to do as Jesus to assist you? But don't go to the therapy and the counselor and the, and the, and the books about relationships until you take care of. Step one is to forgive. Once you get through step one, then work through your stuff. Work through the memories, work through the family tree, work through the work through the. Uh, generational sin, work through the demonic, work through that all. Great, good, fantastic. But don't you skip forgiveness. You got to forgive. 
There's no marriage counseling worth its salt if at some point in the counseling, the, the pastor or counselor doesn't lead the spouses to forgive each other. Counseling isn't about, I want the counselor to hear my hurt. The counselor's job is to try to bring reconciliation. Step one in reconciliation is forgiveness. You say, well, it's too big of a sin. I just can't forgive it. Well, what can you forgive? Let's start with that. Could you, can you forgive a little bit of something? Let's get that going. I'll get the ball rolling. I don't want to play God. You might say, Dan, what if somebody like, like, like accosted me? If I ask them to forgive me, does that mean there's no consequences? I didn't say there's no consequences. Actually, if I'm assaulted, I can forgive the person in my heart. It might take a while, but I forgive him in my heart, I release the man to God, and I can still testify in a court of law what he did to me. Forgiveness does not mean there's no consequence. Forgiveness means you will not exact revenge. And you exact revenge through your mouth. All with me? Anybody out there? It's all black out there. I can't tell. You guys may be slipping out the back door and I don't even know you're leaving the building. <laughs> Look at Joseph in the Bible. Did anybody sin against him? How about 11 brothers? They put him in a pit and we're going to kill the kid. They sold him into slavery. And he ended up, because of his integrity, in a prison for three years. I don't think an Egyptian prison would be a piece of cake. And he rises through, you know, through interpreting of dreams, he rises to the number two in command of all of Egypt. And lo and behold, here come his brothers wanting grain. And he sends out the interpreter out of the room and he tells his brothers in Hebrew, I'm Joseph. And they were afraid that he was going to hurt them, kill them, take their families from them. And he said, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to bless you. Load up as much grain as you can get. Take your money. I don't want your money. Go back and bless my dad. When Jacob died, they brought the whole family and everybody came to Egypt and lived off Joseph. Now there's a guy that had the perfect scenario for revenge. Oh, he could stick it to him. He chose not to. Have you been offended in ministry? Well, your next ministry opportunity comes on the other side of forgiving. I mean, the real opportunity from the Lord, something that God's in fully. You had a bad relationship with somebody, don't get into the next one until you do forgiveness. I mean, real forgiveness. I mean, you say, Dan, are you saying it was okay what he did to me? You know I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're releasing your heart from needing to get revenge. How do you know that you've totally forgiven someone? How do you know that? Well, R.T. Kendall says that 
the last step in forgiveness isn't just not wanting revenge, but blessing them. So you've been hurt by somebody. I'm not minimizing. It really hurts. Hey, I've been hurt. We've both been hurt. What are we going to do about that? Are we going to nurse the hurt, rehearse the hurt, or release the hurt? If you release the hurt, you move on in God. If you don't release the hurt, roots of bitterness begin to take form over time. And can I tell you, if you have bitterness in your life and you become an old lady or an old man, you just wrinkle up like a raisin. I'm serious. Your face, a a life of bitterness, you get a wrinkled up mess up here. All kinds of things go wrong in your body over time with bitterness. If you want a healthy mind, a healthy spirit, a healthy life, just release. Be a quick forgiver. The process of forgiveness then is complete when you, all of your heart can bless somebody. And when you bless them, you don't bless what they did. You don't bless their attitude. You, you, ask, you, know, you say something like, Lord, I just bless that they would come to know you more. I bless that you'd prosper them. I pray that they'd be in health. I pray that they'd have favor in their job. I pray that they'd be excited about the, the, what you're doing. I pray that you give them long life. There's a ton of blessings. You don't bless them this way. God, I pray that they meet you tomorrow. Something like that. You're not blessing the sin. You are doing what Jesus would do. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, as we come to a close, says that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, that is to say through forgiveness, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Reconciliation is anchored in forgiveness. This verse says that Christ came into the world to forgive us. Now he's saying go to the world and preach the message of forgiveness. The gospel is about forgiveness. Today, do you need God to forgive you? Your tears won't get you forgiven. Your New Year's resolutions won't get you forgiven. Talking to your friend won't get you forgiven. But there is a God in heaven that will forgive you. You might say, Pastor Dan, how do I do that? Simpler the better. God, will you forgive me in Jesus' name? Maybe there's unforgiveness, though, not between you and God, but between you and somebody. Somebody in your past, possibly, or something right now that as I talk about these examples, something inside you kind of clicks like, oof, ah. Don't justify it. Don't deny it. That thing that, that just rose up, you're showing that something needs to be done there. So as I close this out today, I'm going to lead those that want want a three-sentence prayer.
of forgiveness. And by praying this three-sentence prayer, the chain with the big ball of bitterness is cut off your leg. The band around your emotions, your thoughts, is cut and taken off. Heaven opens up. Life becomes fun because you're not playing God. Would you stand to your feet, please? Would you bow your heads with me? Spirit of God, come in this closing moment of this service and move on our hearts the word of forgiveness in Jesus' name. With heads bowed, if you would say with me today, Pastor Dan, there's someone I need to forgive. I want you to put your hand up with mine. Just put it up there. There's somebody that's come to mind I need to forgive. Lord, I thank you for every hand that's lifted. In Jesus' name, amen. You can put your hands down. Were you serious about the lifting of your hand? I think we all were. Well, we're going to do one final step. I told you I got the three-sentence prayer. (laughs) I'm going to pray it with you, but you're going to need to come to the altar. You can't stay in your chair and say, yeah, I want to forgive. That's not enough today. Today, I'm going to put faith in this act of forgiveness and I'm going to deny shame. I'm going to deny all those things and I'm just going to come forward. I'm going to pray a short prayer with you and we're going to believe that God will forgive us. By the way, if I was sitting out there today and there was another preacher here and he said exactly what I said, I would be the first here. I'm not above needing to forgive in any way. So if you lifted your hand and you'd like to say this three-sentence prayer for forgiveness, join me at the altar, would you, Deep Creek? Nothing more powerful than forgiveness. Oh, we are going to kick the devil to the curb. No more condemnation. You're not going to be afraid around this person anymore. You're not going to avoid them. You're not going to need to gossip. You're going to give them to God. Go ahead and slide it around in here, those in the aisles. You're going to give it to God. You're going to trust that God knows what he's doing. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Let him take care of it. And if something needs to be straightened out, he'll do it for you. We're just going to walk in love. We're going to walk in the Holy Spirit. We're not going to grieve God. We're not going to let bitterness steal our joy. But we're going to forgive. This first sentence is, Lord, I forgive blank for blank. So I'm going to lead you in. I want you to put a name in there. You can whisper it. Your neighbor doesn't need to hear you say it. It could be your spouse. It could be your boss. It could be your father. It could be a pastor. It could be a situation. I forgive blank for blank. you got to put a what, what you're forgiving them for. For gossiping, for lying, for saying something hurtful, for betrayal, whatever the word is. Okay, so let's do this together. Repeat after me. Lord, I forgive blank. You do that. I forgive, put the name in there. For whatever the, whatever the situation is. For, and go ahead and whisper out. 
I forgive my husband for being unfaithful. I forgive my wife for being selfish. I forgive my pastor. I forgive, put the name in there. If there's more than one name, that's fine. Second sentence says this, please forgive me for all the judgment I have against him. We might put her in there. Please forgive me for all the judgment. I'm not going to play God. I'm giving them to you. So repeat after me. Please forgive me for all judgment I have had against him or her. This last sentence says, I release it all to you. Let's say it together. I release it all to you. Heavenly Father, you've heard this simple prayer. We're saints of all ages, all backgrounds. Older saints and younger saints have all said, Lord, cleanse our hearts of all unforgiveness and bitterness. We've confessed it, Lord, to you. And now you said you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. And we release all those that have sinned against us. Lord, help us to walk in the joy of freedom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Well, I hope that you enjoyed our sermon today. I hope that you were inspired and challenged. And maybe you have a question about something that you heard in the message today, or maybe you need prayer. We would love to take the time to pray with you and answer any questions that you might have. All you need to do is simply send us an email to online at newlife.global and we would love to connect with you. Well, be sure to subscribe to our channel. You should see the link right over here somewhere and turn those notifications on. That way you are notified every single time we go live on YouTube. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you on the next video. Take care.